Welcome to Caffeinated Crescendos, the podcast where we are brewing up band culture and music education one cup at a time. My name is Rob Cieslick. I'm a husband, a father of three, and a veteran music educator. Over my 17-year career, I've taught band, choir, general music, show choir, and even theater from elementary school to the collegiate level. Each episode will discuss two of my favorite things, music and coffee. It doesn't matter if you're a band director, a vocal music educator, a general music teacher, or someone who does it all. You are sure to find something for you and your classroom on this podcast. Now sit back, grab your favorite cup of coffee, and get ready for this episode of the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast. Welcome to the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast, where we are brewing up band culture and music education one cup at a time. My name is Rob Cieslick, and I'm glad that you're here with me today. On today's episode, I'm going to share with you just a few thoughts I've had after my first week of teaching this year and ask the very real question, what do you do when one of your students says they want to quit? But before we get into all that, I have an equally important question to ask. When is too soon for pumpkin spice coffee? I was running around this week, and I realized that most of the chain coffee shops started serving pumpkin spice this week. Now, for the record, it's August, but I love fall. I mean, I love fall, I love Christmas time too, but I don't really like the winter. Fall's my favorite season by far. Football, hoodies, Halloween. I really do enjoy my apple cider too, but I love me a pumpkin spice latte. But then I got to thinking, it's only August, and I just had my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. So when's the right time to start serving pumpkin spice? I don't know, but it was delicious. I don't really care what other people think. White after Labor Day, pumpkin spice in the summer. I say you do you. If you want to let me know what you think the perfect time to serve pumpkin spice is, reach out on my website on caffeinatedcrescendos.com or find me on Facebook. And be sure to join the Caffeinated Crescendos community on Facebook for more tips and tricks. So this week was my first week of school. It's always an exciting time to get back into the classroom with the students, but it can also be a time where you need to have your antennas and radar up and be listening to your students during, say, meet the teacher night, in the hallways when they come to drop off their supplies. It's incredibly important to build those relationships with your students so that you know what to listen for. This past Sunday, our school had their ice cream social. This is where the students can come in, see their classroom, and drop off their stuff. It's not really meet the teacher night, but it's a night where they can come in, bring all their supplies, and eat some ice cream. I was in the halls, just like normal, welcoming students back, just taking up a genuine interest in what my students did over the summer, etc. But my radar was up. I was already hearing some squabbling from some incoming sixth graders about not doing band this year. I don't know if I want to do choir. I think I need a study hall, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada. So I make a mental note about which students I need to talk to. Now, I never try to force anybody into doing band or choir if they don't want to. That's never good for you or the other students. And I genuinely want to understand why my students feel that way. So I do have a conversation with them, even if ultimately they choose to not continue with band or choir that year. The conversation usually goes something like this. I'm really sorry that you feel that way. What makes you not want to do band or choir this year? And then here's the important part. I listen to them. If you listen, and I mean really listen, 
and learn to guide the conversation, you can usually narrow down the real reason why they don't want to continue. And I have found that more often than not, if I can get to the real reason that they say they don't want to do band, I can figure out a way to keep them involved. Now, this takes some time and some effort on your end, but it's worth it if you can keep a student playing. And let's be honest, even if they don't continue, that student probably looks up to you now as a teacher because you took the time to talk to them and to figure out what's going on. It makes them feel important and loved. Even if they choose to not continue, they will likely respect you more as a teacher because you took the time out to ask them what was going on in their life and listen to how they're feeling. Now, there will be a time when someone just doesn't want to continue. They can't give you a real reason, but they just don't want to do it. It sucks. But there's nothing you can do. It's going to happen. If you're a first-year teacher and you haven't had this happen yet, it will. It's not a reflection on you, your teaching, or your program. Some people just want to focus on other things that are not music-related. But for the vast majority of my students, I'm able to figure out a way to keep them playing. In my school, we start in fifth grade. Typically, our instrument trials are not usually a hard sell for most of the fifth graders, and they're excited to join band. I usually have anywhere from 85 to 95% of my fifth grade involved in band. I've never had the entire fifth grade. I'm still banking on that one for this year. But usually, it's the majority of the fifth grade that decides to join band. However, going into sixth grade is when my students typically start making the I want to quit comments. And I have found for me, if I can get to the real reason, get to the bottom of why they don't want to continue or why they think they don't want to continue, it usually boils down to one of three things and sometimes a combination of all of these. Number one, maybe they were not very successful on their instrument the first year. Could be due to lack of practice or it could be that the instrument they chose is not a good fit for them. I actually find that if this is the case, it might be the hardest to deduce because you actually have to get them to tell you that they're not as good as they would like to be. But once you figure that out, it might be a simple conversation about just trying a new instrument. I have had many times that this is the case, especially during the COVID era when we couldn't really try out instruments. Just getting them into a different instrument often makes them successful and they want to continue. They're able to play, so they go home and practice, so they get better, and they enjoy playing their instrument. Another reason I get a lot is, well, my friends aren't doing it anymore. When this happens, I do two things. First, I try to figure out if that's actually the case. Oftentimes, they just think their friends aren't, but they actually are. Somebody said something in passing during the summer, well, I think I might not be doing band, but they show up for the first day of class. I have this come up this year, actually. And once all of those friends came to band, and then they realized that they were all planning to play again in sixth grade, it became a non-issue. But you have to get those kids to come to your class and see that everybody actually is participating. When friends become a reason for quitting, I address it in two ways. First, 
I want to make sure that my students know that they could be independent from their friends and they should make their own decisions. If they like playing in band, they shouldn't let their friends affect their decisions. When there is a group of friends that have decided as a group that they're quitting, I see this a lot. Student A, B, and C want to quit. They'll quit together. It's easier to come to me with three people saying you want to quit instead of coming to talk to me individually. What I find is that typically when a group comes to me and says that they don't want to participate in an ensemble anymore, that one, maybe two students are what I would call the ringleaders. And they might have a legitimate reason as to why they want to quit. The rest of the students kind of are either following, they just want to go along with the crowd, or they're not sure if they want to continue or not. They might be those students riding the fence. And if their friends go, they're going to jump ship too. So what do you do? Well, you have to have conversation with these students. And again, put your radar up and really listen. If you can figure out the one or two students that really might want to quit that are trying to draw the rest of them into quitting with them, talk to those students individually. See if there's a real reason that they might not want to be in band. Maybe they just need a little bit more encouragement. Maybe they need a leadership role. Maybe there's something that they really don't like about classroom procedures or something that's going on that if you talk to them, you might be able to work this out so that the one or two ringleaders decide to stick with it, thus causing everybody else to stay too. The last reason, and probably the biggest reason for my students, especially the incoming sixth graders, my second year students, is they think they need the extra study hall. So they decide to not do performing arts, band and choir, because they want to have the study hall. They finally get that real 40-minute study hall. Sixth grade, obviously, is junior high. It's starting to get a little bit harder of a workload. They think they need that study hall to either do homework or um, to study for tests. And in some cases, they actually might. But in many cases at our school, we find that students can be just as successful doing band and choir and not getting that study hall than a lot of the students that do get that study hall. At my school, this has been a challenge forever since I can remember. We battle the study halls for all of the music and choir and band classes. It's something I would love to change, but it's not likely to happen. So I have to find a way to deal with that. I do have to be flexible with students to an extent and let them maybe miss a class or two if they need to work with a teacher or take a test. I also give my whole band and choir a study hall here and there, especially after a concert, if they have a big test or a project coming up. I would rather be flexible and miss them for a day or two than to not have them in band at all. We want to create a love for music in our students, and we can't do that if they can't come to our class every day or if they come to our class every day stressed out over all their school projects and classes. Just be flexible, work with your students and the teachers, and you will have a better success rate when it comes to keeping kids in band when you battle study halls. We also try to do band choir specific events to say, thank you. We know that you're giving up your study halls. We've done things like pizza parties, class trips, Cedar Point trips, trips for only the band students, 
as a way to reward them and say thank you. Thank you for giving up your study hall. Music is important. Band is important. Choir is important. Your education is important. And we know that you're giving up your study halls to participate in these classes. One last point that I want to make that I do every year, and this has become extremely successful in me trying to deduce certain students' reasons for not wanting to continue. If I don't see the students, I don't know what their reason is. If they just don't show up to my class, I got to go hunt them down or I have to figure out why they're not there. And then I have to figure out why they chose to not do band and choir. So I started doing something several years ago. And that is I work with the sixth, seventh and eighth grade teachers. And I tell them for the first week of class. Now, for me, that's only two classes. I only see my band Tuesdays and Thursdays. But for the first two classes, I need to see everybody that played in band last year that's still at our school and anybody interested in joining band this year that did not play last year. Even if they're thinking about quitting, they have to come check out what we're doing in the upcoming year, listen to what I have to say, and they have to bring their instrument and they have to play. I found out that more often than not, most students aren't 100% decided on quitting. They're those fence sitters. Most often they're waiting to see what the majority will do. Will my friend be in it? I want every student to hear what we're doing in the upcoming year, but most importantly, I want to get them playing again. Sometimes it just takes getting their instruments back into their hands after a long summer for them to remember that they really do enjoy playing. For the first two days, I'll warm up and we'll play songs that are fun that they like. Usually easy pet band tunes, maybe play a couple of recordings of the pieces that we'll play, but things that they can be successful on and have fun while they're doing and remember the love of music that they had at the end of the year when they played their final concert. Having students wanting to quit your program is never easy. And unfortunately, it's almost a given that someone's going to leave your program. This is not anything against you, your teaching. But with a little communication, I believe that you can be successful at helping your students overcome some of their concerns that might be causing them to want to quit. I don't believe in forcing anyone to do any music-related class if they don't want to. But I do think that my job as an educator is to help them make the most informed decisions when it comes to my classes. I'm not just a band director. I am an educator that uses band to teach music and life skills. I want my students to come out of my class not only good musicians, but as good people and make logical and informed decisions for the rest of their life. These are the life skills that help them way beyond middle school. And we need to give them the opportunity to learn these life skills through communication and allowing them to work through some of their problems on their own with the guidance of me as their teacher. I know this isn't an easy topic to talk about, but it's something that if we're prepared and we're really listening to our students, building those relationships and genuinely caring about what decisions they're making and how that's going to affect their lives going forward, we build those bonds and it is an easier task when they say, I want to quit 
We already have that relationship built. They trust what we're saying. And our band and choir programs are better for the time that we take to build those relationships and talk with our students. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content, please share this podcast with a friend. For questions or comments on today's episode, you can contact me at www.caffeinatedcrescendos.com. And remember, follow this podcast so you never miss what's brewing on the next episode.